Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com and the movement GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Hello, this is Patty Wyatt, and I will be your host today. And I have a very, very special guest. It's my daughter, Paris Wyatt, and she is home uh, from spring break. Uh, she goes to ASU. She's a freshman there. And, you know, most of us have seen the headlines. The World Health Organization officially declared the coronavirus a, a pandemic on Wednesday, but the virus is providing more than a health scare. It's also creating a financial one. And I just want to back up a little bit today and talk about how is this affecting our everyday lives? You know, how is it affecting us emotionally? And, and what are we, what are we doing about it? I mean, it's definitely the talk of the town. It's the talk of the day and it, it affects, um, pretty much every single person on the planet. I was just talking to our producer, Ben, and he was sharing that his son's friend is on a vacation in Greece and they're hoping they can get back into uh, the U.S. Uh, I have some friends that are going on a cruise next week and they, uh, you know, have purchased um, for their family 35 people. And now you're just kind of at a standstill. Do you do you go and get stuck in the middle of the ocean? Uh, do you do you stay and lose all that money? Because uh, it's not like they're handing the cash back. Um, if you, if you choose not to go on vacation. So we're, we're living in a really weird time. And I know in my lifetime, I haven't seen anything, um, really like this. So I, I just want to kind of dive into, in today's world, just growing up in a time for the, the generation Z, it's both exhilarating and frightening. And when we look at this generation, we keep hearing they're gritty, they're frugal, they're ready to stand up for a cause. And yet you also look at them, it's like they're being dipped in hand sanitizer. I know I was in New Mexico uh, yesterday and I asked a woman at the hotel, hey, you know, Where'd you fly in from? She goes, I'm afraid to tell you. She goes, I just went to the dollar store and there was no hand sanitizer left at the dollar store. And anyway, she goes, I'm from Washington. And apparently there was quite a few cases of the coronavirus there. But like I said, this generation is like they've been dipped in hand sanitizer as if, you know, they're infected with fleas. Um, but I found out last night I'm getting on the plane and my daughter Paris, she texts me and says, hello, uh, ASU just closed down their, their classes. It will be all online. So I have, I have Paris here, um, just to ask her, what was your initial reaction when you got that text saying, nope, spring break is going to be a lot longer and welcome to the, the world of the virtual reality. Yeah. I mean, initially I was just like, Oh no, I don't get to see any of my friends for two weeks. <laughs> but then like the more you think about it, that's so scary that it's becoming such a mass hysteria that they are shutting down classes. They are moving them to online when that there was no like proper structure for it to be online. 
Yeah. And that's a good point. There's not a proper structure. I know for me, being a trainer and, and teaching classes, it's not an easy thing just to all of a sudden put it together as, as a webinar. You, you really are having to think it through because you're not getting that human interaction when you're teaching a class. So I, I like that you brought that up that, okay, there's no structure. So then if you were to unpack that, how does that affect you? Well, these teachers, yeah, they, they have in-person classes, so they haven't put it onto the sites that we use, such as Canvas or Zoom. They haven't put the effort into creating those classes where they could be on an online base. So now it's scary to know. I have classes starting Monday, and I've only had an email from one of my teachers. So wow. that's crazy because it's a couple of days off and I only know that one of my teachers is going to be taking videos of the lectures and I'm going to be watching those and that's how I'll be continuing my education. So it's scary because I'm just in the dark not knowing how, like if I need to be getting, downloading new databases, how I'm going to be learning from now on and that's hard. Yeah. Just yeah. the unknown of how will this affect my grades because I don't even know if this learning style is going to work for me or not. Yeah. Or how long this could last. Cause what if they put it off more than two weeks because the coronavirus is still a hot topic. Yeah. And that's interesting. Cause I, I think, you know, going way back when I was in college and half of the thing that I loved about college was seeing your friends. Like, I don't know if I would be that motivated to go into class if I wasn't going to be surrounded with my friend. So how does that affect you when you think of that? Yeah. I mean, most of my friends are from out of state. I mean, ASU is really big with people from Chicago and California. So that's where most of my best friends are from now. So it's hard knowing that a lot of them aren't coming back and I'm getting texts from people like, so do we go back or not? People are so confused because the dorming and the dining halls and the counseling are all still open. So we can go live there, but people are like, what's the point if we have two more weeks, I can just stay with my family. So that's, what's a bummer is that I don't know when I'm going to see them. Other schools are canceling for the whole semester. So I might not even see my friends again till August. Yeah. Which is interesting because they talk about Gen Z is already a um, like a generation that uh, is in a place of isolation because you don't like to do a lot of face to face because everything's through text. And now you just magnified, you know, there's got to be something, you know, innate. Uh, that's that's not the right word uh, where you have to even feel more isolated with with what's going on. Um, I asked you this morning because um, you made the, the comment about, yeah, it's kind of scary, but millennials are being described as the worry generation uh, with what's taking place. And they're saying like 54 percent of the millennials are it's really having an impact on them financially and which is causing, you know, I don't know for them to worry about this, but I asked you about it and you said, peace out. <laughs> and so it was like, okay, what exactly does that mean when you, you know, it's like peace out and you well, made a comment. Yeah. Well, what I mean by that is a fool for one. I feel like millennials have learned so much to almost cope through a dark humor that it's just it's easy to not worry about things because we're always joking about the end of the world. Like we've also lived through Ebola. That was 2014 to 2016. So we were all like about high school age. So we've seen 
not that Ebola was a virus, but we've seen these deadly diseases come and go yeah. and freak everyone out and then not become a huge thing. And we also desensitize ourselves in mm-hmm. some way by I've seen every movie of The Purge. I've seen every episode <laughs> of The Walking Dead. We all love those kind of Who's shows. Who's your mother? Why would you be watching these things? <laughs> but those are the things we're filling our head with. And most of those shows tend to end in some kind of happy ending. So we're just kind of thinking, hey, this will happen and it'll go away and it's going to be fine. Yeah. You know, well, I, I kind of threw you there because I was saying the millennials, but yeah, it's actually the Gen Z that, um, the millennials are the worry generation and you guys are kind of like the, the peace out generation because you have seen all of that. Um, also when you said that, it made me think of the hunger games. You guys are the generation that, um, I mean, that to me, when I read the book, I, I was so, so sad. And yet you didn't really see the sadness of that as, as much as I think that I did. Do you feel like you're desensitized to some of this or it just is reality that you'll, you'll fight to the end? Like, <laughs> I think that there's some kind of like effect of being desensitized. I don't know if it's something that has to do with like video games or what that comes from. There's not like been studies that prove the correlation between like video games and violence, but I just think it's just down to the TV shows. Like if you look at TV shows from 20 years ago compared to now, there's so much more violence, so much more end of the world. Like three new zombie TV shows have come out in like the last year just because that's what people want to watch. That's what people find interesting. And I know that I find it so interesting, but it's also in my head something that could never happen, would never happen. A disease taking out the earth isn't even a possibility in my mind. And I'm reading articles that are saying, oh, well, this isn't even as bad as the flu right? for people who are under the age of about 80. Yeah. So it's not, it's not truly sinking in that this could be some, you know, pandemic. And if people are saying, okay, it's not Generation Z, it's World War Z. That's <laughs> what they want to yeah. call you and, and the preppers because you've watched – you know, parents are hoarding toilet paper and taking all the face masks from Walmart. And, you know, like I said, the bacteria, antibacteria soap, uh, you know, is gone. So you're seeing this is how we live life, which as I say that, it makes me stop and think as parents, what are we saying to our kids when we're just stockpiling all this, you know, toilet paper and antibacterial soap as a community, what does that say? It's like, okay, I'm only going to, it's kind of a narcissistic way of I'm only going to help my family rather than seeing it as a community. How do we come together and make sure everybody has toilet paper, (laughs) everybody has soap. That's Um, just an end of the world mentality though. Like people truly do think it's the end of the world, get a bunker, store up all your canned goods. Like people are turning this into something that in my eyes is bigger than it is. Cause I was watching the news last night and it said it was showing statistics on the deaths from the coronavirus and 0.2% of the deaths have been from people under the age of 39. And then every age, group above that the statistics double so 
I just think that this, like, there's 25,000 deaths a year from suicide. This isn't some pandemic in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, we're, we're not jumping in, diving in with, you know, we hear of all the suicides and what are we doing to prevent that? But we're, the, the country is stopping over the coronavirus. So on that note, would you, would you go to the shopping mall? Like, what are some of the things? Would you still go shopping? Yeah, today? I would still go shopping. I don't think I maybe I would wash my hands a little bit more. Maybe I should start <laughs> stop biting my fingernails. But <laughs> I don't think this is something that should stop me from like living my everyday life or not going to buy new clothes. Yeah. So what would you not do right now? In other words, you know, when you think about Oh, wow. You know, they just announced this yesterday that this is a pandemic. What, what would, what would you think twice about of not doing? I mean, like first thing that comes to mind is I probably wouldn't go hang out in a hospital. <laughs> like I don't necessarily, <laughs> true, true. like I would try to stay away if any of my friends were sick or yeah, going to the hospital with sick people. Or like, for example, I just went to Mexico a month ago to build a house. I might not do that now knowing what I know just because I don't want to be around any sicknesses, any unknown factors. Yeah. Just because I... Just like with the flu, you don't want to, you're not just going to go hang out with a friend who has the flu. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you, you guys seem to be, um, I, I'm stereotyping you right now, but very calm in, in your thought process that, yeah, it's not, I'm not going to go hang out in the hospital or, or hang out with my friends that, um, have the flu. But other than that, no, my, my life still goes on, even though it's interesting because they're canceling soccer practice, they're canceling. Uh, colleges. I know last night I was at the airport and there was a mother there with their daughter. She was going to Texas and apparently the university there had shut down. I mean, these, these people have round trip tickets and now they're getting a text message saying, Oh, no longer school. You can stay at home and, and do this online. In the meantime, you have parents that are going, wait, do we get money back for the dorm and for the dining dollars. How does this, how does this work? Uh, so what, what are some of your friends saying, um, uh, well, or, or just how, how is this affecting you long-term? Uh, well, the biggest thing that I can see is so far my school has only shut down for two weeks, but other schools in other States have shut down for the entire semester, not shut wow. down, but moved to online. Right. So that scares me because if we do end up shutting down for the entire semester, these classes that I've previously said don't know how to be online classes are now forced to be online classes. And I don't know how that's going to affect my grades. Like I have grades that I'm hoping to raise and they that's can't good to know. lower. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if I'm getting in a situation where this isn't my learning environment, this isn't how I know for the past, like what, 12 years I've been in school that I've learned to take in knowledge that could extremely affect my GPA, which definitely is going to affect me long term, especially going for my master's and things like that. So that's scary to me. And also I was talking to my friend Max yesterday and some people like he believes that this is the beginning of something that can be catastrophic. Like we are just seeing like the baby roots of what's happening here and that the coronavirus could develop into something 
Hmm. much more serious and much more deadly. Like right now there's only been 26, I want to say us deaths, but he's thinking that, it will move from not just being deaths of older people that it's going to develop into something that is actually a main killer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you're watching, you know, all of this, I, I want to say on the news, but you guys are just continuously, once again, I'm stereotyping when I say you guys, but the Gen Z's are grabbing their, their cell phones and it's just like pulsating information and most likely negative information of what's going on with the coronavirus. So I can understand why people would think it's going to be catastrophic, as you said. Um, But do you feel, is there any talk in your friendships that you feel like it's going to mutate if that's the fear that's there? Because I, I'm seeing this and like, you know, I'm traveling next week or the week after that until they close down the, the airlines I'm going to continue moving forward. Uh, so it, if people are saying, no, it, it is going to turn into something even bigger than what we could ever imagine. Is that some of the thoughts or no, it, you're just taking each day at a time, but it's just the possibility. No, well, I've only had the one conversation where someone's even said, yeah, this could mutate into something more, which to me, my brain doesn't go there. My brain goes, oh, it's going to go away. So when he said that, I was kind of like, oh, that's crazy. (laughs) Like, what if it does? What if this is something that isn't going away? Something that could get worse? Because we haven't really seen that happen yet like with Ebola like it is what it is and yeah yeah do you think that with your generation we've had this conversation before um that you guys are supposedly what they've titled you generation z it's the the world of terrorism because um 9-11 had just taken place um when you think of that, your generation started 1996 to 2012. So in that time period, all this stuff has, has happened. And you guys, you know, you have lockdowns because of shooters that potentially could be there. I know we talked about in 2017 when you had the clown hoax, but at the time it wasn't a hoax. Everybody thought it was real. You know, supposedly people were texting and sending pictures of the clowns, you know, by your, by your high school. And you've just kind of lived in a realm of those are all possibilities, but it's not truly real to your world. Or do you think you've just, packed that in. And I don't know if I, I, if I made that clear on on what the question is, but, um, going back to the hunger games, it's like, okay, this stuff, it's almost like you're just watching a TV show or watching a movie. It's not really going to have an impact on you personally. Yeah. Um, I would say it's easy to live in a constant state of fear. And I would say that millennials, um, I, I honestly think it goes back to the dark humor thing that we've <laughs> like, I, I know I keep saying that, but like yeah. every joke on Twitter, every thing on TikTok is just making fun of all these serious topics to the point where like, 
like there's the whole joke of the only way to beat coronavirus is corona so like if you get drunk you're cured you know so it's like all these things and people are thinking it's real i know so many people who were like oh yeah like it helps make you immune to the coronavirus (laughs) i just think that that's so crazy because i think that we've just joked ourselves into almost a comfort right that we just downplay everything to the point where it's like eh it's yeah. not a big deal yeah um you guys are the generation where they say it's like the jetsons where everything is so futuristic in your realm um uh, you would basically see my generation as the Flintstones. You know, it's the big rock tire uh, <laughs> that, that we're driving on. I was I was laughing the other day. I'm I'm totally getting off track track here because I, I want to get into the hope of it. Like, okay, this is a time where people really start leaning into God and they start leaning into their relationship with Jesus. Um, so there is the the hope there that we know. Obviously, God's in control, uh, but just now when I was thinking you're, you guys are the Jetsons, we're the Flintstones. That's how you see us. I remember my mom, um, going from the rotary phone to the cordless phone and she would pick up the phone when it was ringing. And normally if you just picked up, I have to explain this to you cause you don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> normally if you picked up the rotary phone, you could just say hello. Well then when it moved into a cordless phone, you had to push a button and say hello. And my mom would just pick the phone up and say hello. And I'm like, mom, like you have to push the button. And I would watch her like, you know, hitting the button, not knowing which button to to push. And I remember just kind of rolling my eyes like, okay, it's not brain surgery here. And then the other day you called me on FaceTime and I'm doing the same thing. I'm picking up the phone and I'm putting it up to my ear and it's like, no, Mom, it's you can see me. Look at me. So I'm looking at you, you know, and then it's like, oh, nice, nice nose hairs, mom, you know. And so I'm doing the exact same thing that my mom did, which I can feel you rolling your eyes, like, okay, it's not that complicated. (laughs) This is FaceTime. You can look at it. Uh, So it's all of this from generation to generation. We think that the last generation just cannot figure it out, and they're actually a bunch of idiots, which is not a kind thing to think. <laughs> Harris Wyatt, you said it. Not me. <laughs> uh, but I, I just want to go back to, um, you, every generation has had, you know, I, I can go back to, um, you know, Gen X or the, the baby boomers. There's a time where, you know, we were under the, the desk because of, um, the, the bombs that were supposedly, you know, going off and, and you had to be prepared for that. But the difference is, is you guys are inundated, um, literally with your, your phones, just continuously, these little microbursts are, are hitting you. So do you feel like your generation will like lean into to God and that God will really be revealed? I feel like nine 11, which like I said, you're, you're the age of what they consider the, the terrorism. And that is when people were like, okay, more people were going to church. More people were like, okay, I'm going to put my faith in God because I can't put my faith anywhere else. So do you feel like there's talk of that conversations? What are your thoughts? 
It's easy for me to look at my generation and see a lot of people who are very anti-church and very, I think that the further you go down in generations, the more people there are who are atheists. Honestly, that's just the way that the world slowly is turning less and less evangelized. And I think people have to be scared enough to turn to God. People Mm -hmm. have to be like, it is in our times of need that people who maybe don't have a relationship with Jesus would turn and say, okay, God, please help me. My mom has cancer. My Mm -hmm. brother's in the hospital. Like, please like help this situation. I'm very sick. God, I think that's when people are most likely to turn to God. So I think that if this coronavirus gets to the point where people are truly afraid, Mm -hmm. I think people have to truly be scared to turn to God and say, okay, God, my hands are out. I give this mm-hmm. to you. Please help me. I think that, that is when people would start to let him in. Mm-hmm. But I can't really see a point before that of people going, oh, okay, there is a God in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would you say um, – I, I like what you said when, you know, okay, my hands are out. I, I surrender it over to you. Um, do you think that it would create more angst or anger towards God in if, if this does turn into this huge pandemic where people are at home isolated? Uh, or do you think people are going to do that? I surrender it over to you, God. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's hard to put a category over millennials in general, but I can definitely see, like, even just within my friends, I think it's very easy for all of us, even myself, to play the victim, to play the, oh, no, this is all happening to me. Why are you doing this to me? So I can see people turning against God and saying, if there's a God, why would this be happening? If there's a God, why are people dying from this? Like, why isn't there some way to like get rid of this. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, um, with that, I am going to say as a parent, uh, this is a time to pause. It is the time to lean in to God. And, and just like Paris said, hands out, arms out. I surrender this over to you. Um, when we worry and when we take it all on ourselves, um, he says, cast your cares on us. And this is a time when I know even in churches, we're changing the dynamics of, you know, we're getting emails saying, um, you know, maybe churches are going to go into all simulcasts. You're going to be doing it online rather than you know, being there where people are shaking hands and they're taking communion where that's all shifting. It's all, you know, it's a, it's a different, a different world right now. And so with that walking away with the hope of where is the hope? And we do have the, the hope in Jesus and putting your anxiety, that stress and just giving it over to him. And with that, you are listening to Girlfriend It, where we share all things girlfriends, where we can call each other up and we can vent, we can um, talk about our fears, we can talk about the hope, and we can talk about what are we going to do next. And with that, thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to share with you today. And we will talk with you again next week. Make sure you look us up on Girlfriend It at toginet.com.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. My favorite books is called Forgotten English by author Jeffrey Kaser, who looks at the origins and histories of the language. For example, take the term Fritterbohn. That's an old English expression, probably borrowed from German, that means fleeting weeks and refers to what we call a honeymoon. A fribbler is a guy who doesn't ever make it to the honeymoon. The word fribbler comes from the 18th century and refers to a man who is in love with a woman but just won't commit to marriage. Chaucer coined the term pigasnia, which comes from the phrase pig's eye to mean sweetheart. Hey guys, why don't you try that one and your girlfriend and see how it goes? It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.